0: We were walking and all of a sudden the storm got really brutal that we had to run, run, run. And then it hit me like icicles that looked like as sharp as razors. And it felt like it hit me like an end of a spear. We were running, 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 running. The storm was just going, going, going trying to get us. We had to cross this wooden bridge with made out of sticks across this big lake or river or anything. So welcome back to another episode of Rewilding Parenthood, a week-by-week podcast series hosted by me, Colin Boyd, and my partner, Sofia Aldino. Each week, we cover our family's rewilding journey by sharing stories, advice, and wisdom gained in traveling full-time in our 1978 Mercedes 508D Command and Control Vehicle across North America. Tonight we are recording from some overcrowded BLM land out just outside of Moab, Utah. I can't believe how many people are here. We have just one more day before embarking on a trip down the Green River. We're super excited about that and preparing for that at the moment and tomorrow. And on this episode, you'll get some updates from this past week which include the topic of this show, Bad Decisions and One Hell of a Desert Storm. So if you can appreciate making bad decisions with your kids, you will certainly enjoy this episode. Hey Soph. Hey, how are you doing? I am wonderful. How are you? I am wonderful.
1: (laughs) We're drinking a really yummy tea right now.
0: If you can recall, Sophie has been working on her herbal course and so she's whipped us up some witch's brew for this evening.
1: Yeah, some uh, calendula, peppermint, and uh, rose petals. Very fancy.
0: <laughs> we had to design a box just for Sophie's herbs right next to the bench. So it's full, full of uh, treats in there.
1: So what time is that, self? So it's around 10.30 p.m. I think at this point we're seriously considering about... Uh, changing the name to Rewilding Parenthood Night Show, uh, but that is not happening today. So, where are we, Cole?
0: As I said before, we are just north of Moab, outside of Arches National Park and Canyonlands National Park. This is the closest BLM land that you can stay in Moab for free, but it's a pretty decent haul out of town and it is incredibly crowded. Can't believe how many people are here. We drove in. ...at night and could barely find a spot. How's the vibe, Soph?
1: Uh, So the vibe is slow. I feel like all this week has been a dragging week. (laughs) We have been slow and kind of hard to find the groove. I think the vibe is good, uh, but slow. You know, we're just holding things together. But... I'm excited about tomorrow. We're gonna we're gonna pack up for our next adventure. Um that we'll tell you all about in a minute.
0: So what are we doing here, Cole? We left Blanding after a week of work with our sweet Wi-Fi connection and playground and swimming pool. It all just felt like vacation last week and drove to Moab because we had heard about the Green River being a great family oriented stretch of water that we could paddle. And for us, we thought it would be a great opportunity for us to do another multi-day trip with the kids and just get a little bit more familiar on one of the great western waterways out here while still being on flat water. So the Green River, this section of the Green River, you can do as a four-day paddle or a 10-day paddle. We were really eager to do the 10-day paddle. However, with our dog Lola, we were unable to bring her into the national park. So that meant that we had to find somebody to look after her. And additionally, when you finish the Stillwater Canyon section of this river, it's called the Confluence, where the Colorado and Green Rivers come together. There are no roads there, so it's mandatory to get a jet boat ride out of there back to Moab and the there's only two companies that do that and the price was around 650 minimum for that in a shuttle plus a permit we were looking at 750 bucks for that trip and just at the moment with the dog and everything it was just looking a bit too complicated so we've opted for the short 4-day version of the trip get our feet wet taste the wonderful green river and we'll be back for a 10-day Version eventually.
1: When we have more money. Yeah, when
0: <laughs> COVID 19 is over. So, anyways, enough about the canyon that's coming up. I'm sure we'll share that episode at some point. What have we been up to this week?
1: So, as we mentioned before, this week we have been in Moab. We actually drove up here on last Friday. I think it was last Friday. We, no, we have been in blending and then we drove up here. We spent all week in blending, right? So what have, we, what have we been up to this week? We have been at the swimming pool, <laughs> at the playground, and at picnic tables. Um, yeah, we, I think as Colin mentioned before, we have been parked um, in Blending in this really nice playground where we met a lot of locals. And then we found out that there was a swimming pool around the corner of the park that just opened their doors so we so we bought a weekly pass and we took the kids to the pool every day and we just got wet it was fun the kids loved it Camilo still crying about um, going to the pool every day Then we drove to Moab on Friday, and the reason why we came here was um, to do the Green River, but also we decided to come on Friday because there was the Black Lives March, and we wanted to be a part of that movement, and that was really nice. And then the weekend we just hung out, and we just got really wet in a storm, and that is what this episode is all about.
0: So as parents we all make regrettable decisions, and hopefully there are moments that we can look back upon and tell a really good story, and it doesn't end up worse than that. And fortunately, it's a learning opportunity for us and for our kids, and it creates just a good story in the family lore, and not a, you know, a terrible thing that we never want to talk about again. But Anyways, this was one of those moments, and we are going to take you back in time to the morning last week when it happened. So Sunday morning, we woke up in Moab in a place that we, high in the mountains, that I don't think we were supposed to park, but somebody advised me I could go there, but I think I got the wrong directions and ended up there. I woke up to the pitter-patter of rain, thunder, lightning. It was doing that throughout the night, but woke me up in the morning. and if you know anything about the desert roads, you can, you know that when they get wet, they're not, uh, so they can sometimes just be impassable. And I wasn't sure if we were on one of those roads. And Sophie kind of asked me if we were going to be safe, could if we should get out of there. So I finally got out of bed and looked around and everything was beautiful because it's so rare to see the desert and clad in wetness. But, but it was, I walked around a little bit. I saw the dam from the day before and a big waterfall flowing out of the side of the mountain and eventually decided to bring us down to the lake and I remember reading the weather from the day before and it looked like quite a big storm was blowing in and we went down to the lake we got a little bit more rain but it it stopped and it seemed to be clearing so we had our normal routine
1: and and then what happened so and then I kicked everyone out of the van I was basically, I just wanted to do some, just a little bit of work. So I told Colin why he didn't take the kids for a little walk around the lake. And Colin agreed. We dressed up the kids. Colin took their rain jackets, some snacks, his coffee, uh, Alfonso's diary, the GoPro, (laughs) just in case a big storm will blow in, blew in while he was with the kids. Anyway, so it was just a normal morning where one of us uh, got kicked out of the van and that was calling with the kids and yeah, what happened then?
0: Well, I was adamant to get out of the van because I knew how important these photos were for Sophie to edit. We had been following the Black Lives Matter movement quite closely and we just participated in a march the night before and I knew she got some incredible shots and I knew she really wanted to edit them. So I I was adamant to get the kids out of the van. I took very little. I didn't take snacks, so if there was only I only took rain jackets and a cup of coffee. And we left, I did take the GoPro though. I set up a time lapse for the GoPro on the lake because I was looking at the clouds going, wow, that that looks really interesting over there. I wonder if a storm's gonna blow and I'll just set up a time lapse here and, and see what happens. So we skipped a few rocks. I actually, there was a lot of garbage on the beach. And I I said, man, it would be nice to have a garbage bag. And I looked off to the side and bam, there was a garbage bag there, unused. Somebody just left it behind. So it was perfect for us to pick up some garbage, which is something we frequently do in these beautiful places around the country that are littered. Anyways, we carried on and started circumnavigating the lake and this is a very small lake, if you're listening. Uh, this would be like a, maybe a large pond. But anyways, big enough for us. So we, we began marching around the outside and the wind had been at our backs all morning. And as it continued to blow, I finally felt the first spit of rain. And I thought to myself, well, it's a good thing I brought those rain jackets. And I told the kids, that we were going to get a little wet on this walk. And so come on over, we'll don our rain jackets and continue on, which is what we did. And by this point, we were maybe 25% of the way around the lake, and but we had already been gone for, I don't know, 40 minutes. That's how slowly you move with children. And I heard the first thunder. I did not see the lightning, but I knew it was there and as i looked towards moab the sky was dark it was menacing it was the darkest gray stormy sky i had seen in an incredibly long time and there were sheets of rain in between that purpley blue behind it and us so i knew it was coming our way but the the wind was still at our back so i figured we had a little bit more time and we kept marching on, but I kept looking towards Moab and the sheets of rain were getting closer and closer. And what really caught my eye was all the vehicles driving up the road with their lights on. And every time I'd look back, I could see less vehicles because the clouds were so thick in coming our way. And finally, just as we made the, the second turn around the circular lake, it hit us. Wind just blasted us at full tilt from the other direction and with it came rain that felt like razor blades that's an Alfonso description I'm gonna steal from him (laughs) but it was incredible within two minutes the left side of my our bodies were completely soaked Camilo didn't know what to do I had him in my arms and Alfonso looked at me and I just told them that we were in ninja training school for real. All right, we just went out for a little walk. And the storm blew in. So it's a little crazy, but it's just a part of our ninja training. The van's over there somewhere. And we're not afraid, right? (laughs) And by this point, I thought about Sophie sitting in the van. I could no longer see the van even though it was not that far away, clearly visible in any regular conditions, it had just disappeared in the storm. The GoPro, I figured the lake was going to eat that and I'd lose that one, adding to my streak of broken lost things of on this trip and there we were just and and at this point i still could have turned around and gotten back to the van pretty quickly maybe 15 minutes i could have been back in the van but i thought to myself you know what we're going to continue this is we're halfway done it's it's no we're gonna we're gonna get soaked but this is a great learning experience so we continued on
1: well that went through your head i was in the van Lola, Lola looked at me with her ears down and I was like, where the hell are these guys? (laughs) It was raining. It was, but not like those kind of rains that, you know, it rains really fast. It was like windy and like really, you know, really windy. And it was hailing too. It was, it was not fun out. I didn't know what to do, so I put my rain jacket on, and I I decided to go out on the search of my kids and my husband. And I was like, I need to go and give him a hand. This is bad. When I stepped outside, I couldn't see them anywhere. Um, The rain was so bad that I couldn't even just... I had to keep the wind on my back because um, it would really hurt my eyes. So I just started running around, just looking for them. I couldn't see them anywhere. And the first thing that came through my mind was like, these guys took shelter somewhere. I'm, I still can't believe like you guys just like walk all the way around the lake on that storm. I was I was out for five minutes and I was like, I just need to like go back in the van or just like... Anyway, so I took shelter under this little outhouse toilet kind of structure and i can't believe these guys just like stay under the rain walking i i still can't just yeah can't believe that anyway so i went back to the van and i was like oh why didn't think about this i'm gonna give him a call
0: i never felt my phone ring because the whole time i was just thinking well not only did I lose the GoPro, but I've certainly lost my cell phone that's getting soaked in my pocket right now, so this was an expensive walk. And my only thought was to keep moving. There was no place to take cover, and Camilo was—he he wasn't walking. He was in my arms, and Alfonso and I were already totally soaked, so there was no point in stopping. So we ran as, for as far as we could— And then we walked, and then we ran some more. There were shin-deep puddles within five minutes of the rain hitting the ground. Shin-deep. It was incredible. It rained, I think, up to three-quarters of an inch in about, I don't know how long the storm lasted, maybe half an hour, but it was insane. Alfonso's, I kept looking at Alfonso monitoring his shoelaces and his pants both of which were untied but seemed to be staying on and he was such a trooper he didn't cry once i had to tell him to stop talking (laughs) and that this was real ninja training and he must save his energy and focus on what he's doing really hard to get alfonso to stop talking but he actually listened and we pressed forward We ran past a couple of vehicles. One of them tried to wave me down to stop, but it it was going to be too complicated. And by that point, we were almost around the lake, and I just decided to go for it. And at the moment that we were making the final turn to get around the lake, I realized I made another poor calculation in that the river from the morning where we were parked flew... Was flooding into the lake. And I knew that. I knew there was a river coming into the lake. What I did not calculate was that there was a flash flood happening, and that river was swelling by the minute. And so, what would have been perhaps an easy passage was no longer the case, and we couldn't even walk around the lake. And at this point, the storm was still raging, the hail was still going, and I realized oh no now i have to go all the way back around to where we started and then i took a moment i recalculated and i thought now there's ought to be a better way so we made it to the river and i found the secret bridge made of wrist sized sticks and smaller which was terrifying because there was a raging flash flood going underneath and so I went over. I tested it out for myself. It looked pretty sturdy, and it held. It clearly had been walked on many times before me, and so I took Camilo across. I parked him on the other side, left him there, went back for Alfonso. We crossed, and at that point, the storm finally began to let up, and the rains began to slow, but with it came an ice-cold, cold front, and I knew I could feel how cold Camilo was in my arms, soaked fully through. And I knew, I mean, we were all just totally soaked. And the cold wind was piercing. And so we rounded the corner of the lake. And as the clouds started to blow off, you could see a bit further ahead. And I saw Sophie in her pink jacket running towards us.
1: Yeah, as soon as um, I started seeing some blue skies behind me, I mean, the storm was still going, but I was like, okay, this is going to clear off in 10 minutes. Um, And the storm was not, I mean, it was still raining, but it wasn't raining as hard. It wasn't hurting on your body. So I, I decided to go back out and I just started running around again. I was like, I got to find these guys. These guys, if they were taking shelter, I think these guys are walking back right now. And then I just heard a little voice. I was like, that? must be Alfonso so I just ran towards the boys and then I saw I saw (laughs) Colin was had Camilo in arms he was soaking wet his face was so I cannot even how can I describe it it was a combination of sad and surprise and I have no idea what just happened And I was, like, almost in tears because I felt so bad that I couldn't help out. I didn't know where these guys were. And it just made me sad that the kids had to, like, spend, like, half an hour in a storm like that. So I just grabbed Camilo and just ran back to the van. And then Alfie was there, too. And, yeah, just take all the wet clothes clothes off them and wrap them in in a blanket, and everything they wanted was a hot chocolate, (laughs) which we don't really carry. We have cacao, and they love their cinnamon, so I made like a honey, cinnamon, cacao, hot water drink, which they loved. In five minutes, they were just happy and and warm, but Camilo's face, I mean, (laughs) I have a photo of that moment. He was just he just did not know what just happened. He was like, I went out for a walk and (laughs) something just hit me over. Yes, but you know, it was so cute to see them all wet and wrapped up in a blanket, drinking a hot chocolate and I was just so happy to have them back.
0: As soon as the storm started, I just kept promising them that as soon as we got to the van that we'd have hot chocolate and watch we'd just spend the rest of the day watching movies, anything to keep them motivated. But it was wild by the time we got back to the van and the kids had their clothing stripped off, the van the the storm cleared so fast and behind it was just perfectly blue sky in an ice cold wind. I've seen a lot of storms but I hadn't seen a storm alter that quickly and ran to snap a few photos and recover the GoPro to continue the time lapse and it was just an incredible moment. And I think for me there was a number of takeaways but one of them I think the biggest one was really just the fact that you can never take nature for granted. And even when you're just going for a walk where you can see the entire walk, it's flat, it's within earshot of the van... Something like this could happen, which could totally, you know, it could have gone really bad, a lot worse than what it even did. It was incredible. I think that there's so many moments that we've put ourselves in so much graver risk where nothing bad has happened. And here we were just doing a simple Sunday morning stroll around a lake and almost got like hypothermic as a family of three because of you know, not turning around when I saw the clouds come rolling a little bit faster. I don't know. That that really stands out for me. Anything stand out for you, Soph?
1: Yeah, I think uh, the um, I remember, the, I'm going to go back like eight years ago. <laughs> but I remember we went, Colleen and I went to a talk together about um, when we were living in New Zealand, Colin and I went to a talk um Together and it was this guy that I cannot remember his name. I'm not really good with names, but he was talking about the um, your comfort zone and your what is called like the circle of your comfort zone, like your. Anyway, so he was talking about his the comfort zone. We all have a comfort zone, which we we feel good. You know, things feel good, and these days. our um, not-comfort zone is smaller and smaller and smaller. So this means that we usually don't practice or don't spend enough time out of our comfort zone. And, you know, when an event like this happens, um, it's really important that you have spent enough time out of your comfort zone so you can go through situations like this. So I knew the guys were going to be okay. Because we do spend enough time out of our comfort zone, and the kids do as well. I think what it was more worried me was um, the winds and just things starting to to blow, and that was that was my main concern the whole time. Really, it, this was a good reminder that we should keep learning to be out of the comfort zone to to be prepared for situations like this in nature, and also. You know, not in nature, just maybe things that you have to go through.
0: Yeah, and I think that another takeaway for me was to just, just the fact that our kids are capable of so much more than we believe. You know, had I, if you had asked me if Alfonso could walk for half an hour soaking wet, wet shoes through puddles in an incredible storm and not complain once, I'd say no way. That's what I feel like all he does half the time if he's not entertained, but put him up to it and he does it. And so I think, like Sophie's saying, these opportunities for discomfort can create a grittiness in our kids, which unfortunately in society today, those opportunities are limited. And so, you know, I've, that is certainly a benefit of pushing the limit. But at the same time, I also feel a responsibility and, you know, even the simple things like, hey, I'm going to walk around the lake. I'm going to go left to right or clockwise, and I think I should be back in half an hour. Just the simple check-ins like that to ensure safety no matter what happens. And last, I'm going to remind myself to always know that turning around is an option. I'm usually pretty good about that with the kids. I don't have a goal to get to the top of the mountain. When I'm doing things like this, but on this particular day, I just didn't even consider it an option. The lake was so small, I just figured we should go the full route and get a little wet, and I got what I asked for.
1: This was a great experience. Um, It was an experience I will remember, and we wanted to share with you all. All right, everyone, I hope you all enjoyed the episode. Lola, our dog, is looking at me like, are you guys going to be done soon
0: (laughs) (laughs) i want to go go to 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 bed bed. (laughs) thanks for tuning in to the rewilding parenthood podcast this episode was produced by afuera vida on the road in our 1978 command and control center traveling around north america we have music this week from mercedes riva and thomas Rell and a few other sound bites from other people If you have any questions for us, hit us up over on Instagram at Afuera Vida. We'd love to hear from you. And if you have any topics you'd like us to cover in the future, just let us know. If you have been subscribing, we appreciate that. Please consider sharing with a friend and also leaving us a review on iTunes if you're up for it. So thanks so much. We'll be back next week after our river trip. I'm sure we'll be exhausted and we'll have an update for you all. Thanks so much. Have a great week. Adios.